Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Islam QA at Islam Channel on Sky 737, Virgin 838. Jazakallah so far for all the questions that we've received. We've got quite a few waiting on our WhatsApp. If you want to call in, please feel free to call in on the number 0203-011-5786. We're just going to go back to one of the questions that we didn't finish in answering so that we can uh, complete that answer. Is it permissible for me to give the zakat from my wealth to my fiance? Her family are poor. So again, what we were saying there is if there is someone in your family who is poor, wherever they are in the world, um, then it is permissible to give zakat as long as they are not your close relatives in terms of husband cannot give to wife, wife cannot give to husband, a father cannot give to son, and a son cannot give to father. So upwards, a mother, father, grandfather, grandmother, you can't give. Downwards, son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, you can't give. Sidewards, to your uh, son, daughter, your wife, husband, you can't give. Otherwise, your cousins, you can give. Fiancé, who you're not married to yet, you can give. Their family, you can give. But the condition is that they are eligible to receive zakat. They are eligible to receive zakat. So there are conditions, there's a threshold of wealth that if they are below that threshold, then they can receive zakat. If they are above that threshold, then, then they cannot receive zakat. So yes, a fiancé, because they're not married, uh, or their family, they can receive zakat. Now, if you have a mamu or you have a uncle or you have an auntie in a, uh, who are very poor, whether in this country or another country, then you can, and they are in debt, debt, for example, and they are eligible to receive zakat, you can also give them zakat as well because they are not the uh, relatives that I mentioned earlier. So, yes, if it's a fiancé or a family of the fiancé, they are, and they are eligible to receive zakat, you can give them zakat. Another question is coming, and this is a very sensitive question, where a sister is going for umrah and her cycle of um, menstruation starts in two days before the flight for umrah. Now, she cannot take any tablets to delay her cycle due to other medicines she takes, and she's worried how can she perform her umrah while on her cycle. She is only in Mecca for four days and so will not have finished her cycle. So this is a very, very sensitive question and I would uh, urge her to contact one of the alimas in her community to try and get to the bottom of how she can do this. But one of the things I always say is if you can change your flight to move it, because you cannot do the tawaf whilst you are in menstruation. That's why she's asking this question. Because if you are in menstruation, you have to wait until your menstruation finishes and then you can go and do the tawaf. You stay in ihram and you will go and finish the ihram, uh, the tawaf and the sa'i after your menstruation is finished. But she will not have enough days. So my recommendation to her would be to try and go Medina Munawwara first and then go to Makkah Mukarramah if she is going Medina Munawwara after 
the journey to Makkah Mukarramah so that she can spend her four days or five days in Medina Munawwara and then she comes to Makkah Mukarramah if that is possible. Otherwise, you should be looking at changing your flights or something like this because this is really, really important that we cannot perform the tawaf whilst in menstruation and this will stop her from performing the, the most important parts of the Umrah. The next question we have on WhatsApp, and if you want to call in, remember you can call in, we can speak live on 0203-011-5786. Salam, how do I stay patient with a very difficult husband? He never talks through our issues and instead goes into a scary rage and throws vile language at me. He has threatened to hurt me. Then when he's calm, he has no recollection of what he's done. I'm not entitled to an opinion and my feelings don't count. First of all, we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants love, compassion, kindness to anyone who is in this kind of situation. And unfortunately, there are many, many couples who are in situations like this. Um, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove any difficulties any spouse is in, whether it's a male or a female, whether it's the husband or the wife. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant peace, contentment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant barakah in your homes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant love between yourselves. Now, in this situation, um, I always say to families who come with these kind of issues that you need, in a family or in a, in a relationship, there are two people. And unless both people are ready to understand their own issues and their own faults and want to make things better, we can't move forward. So here you have a wife who feels that the husband is, uh, has anger issues, but unless he himself recognizes these anger issues and he himself is willing to speak to someone to say, look, we are in a marriage and we have some issues, please can you help? Unless they go for marital counselling, unless they recognise both partners, recognise issues, we can't move forward. If only one person is wanting to sort out the marriage and the other doesn't, then the person um, in front who is trying to help in the marriage will not be able to help in the marriage because the marriage is made up of two people. So we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps each and every one of us to introspect and look into ourselves and think how do we make somebody else feel? You know, am I making my you know this is your life partner? Am I making my life partner happy? Or am I making my life partner sad? Am I making him sad? Am I making her sad? Am I making her life a misery? Am I making his life a misery? And if we are, then we need to take a step back and think, is this what our Islam teaches us? I know of people that are dressed very well in terms of Islamically dressed. Sometimes they have a hijab, sometimes they have a beard. And yet we find out later on that they're abusing their wives or their husbands. And do they forget that maybe in the community they are very well known? Maybe in the community they are seen as religious people. 
But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also looks at what is happening in the homes. Allah sees everything. Whenever you're together alone, then just because there's no camera on you, just because there's no people watching you, it doesn't mean Allah's not watching you. Inna Allah alimun khabir. Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all knowledgeable. يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْيُنِ وَمَا تُخْفِي الصُّدُورِ He knows the treachery of the eyes and he knows what's in your hearts. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to judge us on every single action which is seen by someone or which is not seen by anyone because Allah is watchful at all times. So I urge all brothers and sisters who are married, take a step back. Take some account of your own actions. Make sure you're wife or your husband is happy with you and make sure that we're talking and don't just think that your opinion is the only opinion that matters these egos sometimes blind us become barriers from us understanding the other side and put the religion and the sharia as your measure of whether you're doing something right or wrong and don't be selective in this I have lots of uh, couples who come sometimes and they say, Sheikh, you know, I do this, I do this, I do this. But they then leave out the portion which they don't do. They're very selective in their approach when they go for counselling. Whereas we should be open and say, okay, put everything on the table and say, okay, these are my faults and these are the faults that I need to work upon. And I'm happy to work upon them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to see our uh, faults I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to see our weaknesses and not only see them and recognize them, but then acknowledge them and try and work towards improving them. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make all those who are viewing and those who are not viewing, if they are in marriages, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make them happy marriages. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant peace, contentment, happiness, kindness, compassion within the marriage. So we, we make dua for you, sister, and we hope that uh, things improve, insha'Allah. Next question has come through. Um, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shaykh, can one have a shower on a Thursday night after Isha Salah with the niyat of Friday Ghusl? Jazakallah khair. May Allah reward you. So, yes, um, according to our um, uh, religion, Friday starts from Thursday Maghrib till Friday Maghrib and therefore any action that you do after Thursday Maghrib is considered to be done on a Friday so number one we are uh, encouraged to increase our durood and salam on the Prophet ﷺ on the Prophet ﷺ on a Friday so if you, we start from Maghrib on Thursday that is what we do and similarly if you take ghusl on a Thursday after Maghrib with the intention that this I am doing as a sunnah, that it is sunnah to have a ghusl and a bath on a Friday, then this will be counted and you will be rewarded for following the sunnah of the Prophet So yes, with the intention of Friday, the ghusl will be valid any time after Maghrib on a Thursday. Salams, can I marry someone I don't have attraction to, but he definitely has deen? This is a very important question about marriage. So... Um, this uh, brother or sister is asking that the potential spouse has deen, has religion, but I don't have an attraction. The Prophet ﷺ once, I think it was Hazrat Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu, 
he said to the Prophet وسلم, that I have married or I am marrying someone. And the question from the Prophet وسلم, gives an answer to this. The Prophet وسلم, said, have you seen her? Have you seen her? And this gives us the indication, the ulama mention, that from this hadith we learn that it is important to see your spouse and make sure you are happy with her or his looks. Because you can't marry somebody who you feel that you are not attracted to. Attraction is part of marriage. So yes, deen, the Prophet ﷺ said that a person is married that a person is married for four reasons. One, either because of their looks, two, because of their wealth, three, because of their status, and four, because of their deen. And the Prophet ﷺ said, فَذْفَرْ بِذَاتِ deen." Become successful by marrying somebody who has deen. And let's not uh, take the meaning of deen the wrongly, that somebody who looks religious, dresses religious, and performs five times salah, that person has got part of the deen, but deen is to do with the character as well. That is their character, the character of the sunnah of the Prophet Are they gentle in their speech? Uh, are, are, are their words and, the, and their actions good as well? Not only uh, fasting and performing salah, yes, that is part of deen. They might be even paying tahajjud salah, but that's not the only part of deen. Deen is your character. So, فَثَّرْ بِذَاتِ الدِّينَ Be successful with the person who has deen means be successful with a person who has good character and is performing the fara'id and the uh, compulsory actions of the deen. So, yes, the Prophet ﷺ said deen is important, but alongside that, there has to be attraction. There has to be attraction because without attraction, you have to have some kind of connection with that individual. So, yes, if the person has deen, that is good, but you have to have some form of attraction towards the individual. Otherwise, it might fall down later on in marriage that I'm not attracted to this individual. And then that could be a barrier for you to connect with that individual and then the marriage breaks down. So the, our religion is much more comprehensive than just talking about deen. Our religion says that if you're going to marry someone, then marry somebody who you are attracted to as well. Look at them. Look at them and make sure you're attracted to them. And when the Prophet ﷺ says, look at them, it doesn't mean you go out with them 20 times. No. It means when you see them, you feel attracted to them. Their features are attractive to you. And then after you are happy that you are attracted to them, then uh, look at the deen as well. And then you, are, you should get married. Jazakallah for those questions. Um, there's another question here. Um, and again, this is another very sensitive question, so I'm going to read it out and then try and uh, explain uh, this question. Salam, I wanted to know if I should keep meeting my sister who has two young children and now she has married a Christian, Christian man. I don't want my own children to be negatively influenced. I don't want them to start thinking it's okay. And maybe they could also do similar, although I'm sure they know it's not okay. Also, if I should keep meeting her, should I also invite her husband? Is any of this permissible? So, first of all, within Islam, our Islam does not allow 
a female to marry a male Christian or a male, uh, any, any other faith. Islam says that you should only marry a Muslim. Uh, female is only allowed to marry a Muslim. So um, this in itself, I would urge the sister to try and encourage this brother to become Muslim because this is not allowed within Islamic law. Islamic law does not allow a female to marry a Christian man or a Jewish man or a atheist man or a Hindu man or a Sikh man or a person with no faith. This is not allowed within Islam. And then um, the brother who is asking the question, he is worried about how this may influence him and his family and his children and rightly so, rightly so. So uh, the Prophet Sallallahu always uh, made us uh, wary about the company that we keep and how that influences us. This is why we talk about how much time do we spend on the screen and what are we watching, it will affect us. Whether it's watching with the eyes, how it affects the heart, it's going to affect us. This is why we should always be careful what our children are watching, what we are watching, because it's going to affect our hearts. So yes, you have to be wary of how this will affect the children. And I cannot make that decision for you, but based on those principles of being wary of uh, how this might affect the children, how it might affect your family, you need to make that decision how much contact you have with your sister. You should never ever break off re relations. Uh, uh, you yourself should stay in contact with your sister, should stay in contact with, your, with her husband, but it might be a means hopefully for him to see the character of Islam and to the beauty of Islam and he might come towards Islam. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide him and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give, us, give us a correct understanding of Islam. I wanted to ask a question about reading the quls, meaning قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدُ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقُ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ and blowing. I was advised to do it at night can it also be done in the morning or at any time one feels the need for protection? Uh, Jazakallah sister for your question. And yes, these four surahs, the Qul Ya Yuhal Kafirun, they're called Quls because they start with Qul Ya Yuhal Kafirun. Qul Huwallahu Ahad. Qul A'udhu Bi Falaq. Qul A'udhu Bi Rabbil Nas. These surahs are very effective against shayateen and against black magic, against any evil and that's why the Prophet ﷺ, these verses came down to relieve the Prophet ﷺ from an effect that was uh, affecting him. So the four quls are very very effective and yes we should do it at night. So after praying the four quls you can blow on that individual or you can blow on yourself as well. So you can blow on your hands and you can uh, spread the uh, hands on yourself for protection and yes you should do it every night but yes you can do it in the morning in fact you should do it every morning and you can do it at any time you feel there is nothing wrong there is no specific time but it's better to do it in the morning and at the night at night time and you can do it at any time may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, protect you and your children and your family and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all through the barakah and from the surahs through the surahs of the Quran oh just before i go to this question alhamdulillah we we have received a caller so assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh 
Um, uh, caller, uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Aman, calling from uh, West London. My question is, uh, when in the state of Ihram and you're performing uh, Umrah, uh, if you have a young one, uh, so I've got a son who's six months old, am I able to wear a harness and perform Umrah with him? Am I? Able to wear a harness, so like a, you know, a child holder. That you yeah. can put up. And perform so, Umrah with him. And perform with Umrah okay. with him, yeah. yeah. Okay, Jazakallah. Jazakallah for your question. This is Aman. This is a man from West London and he's asking a question about Umrah. And um, in Umrah, uh, a male will only be wearing two sheets of cloth, <clears throat> one upper and one uh, below. So he has a six month old child and is he allowed to wear a harness to carry this child? So the ulama have written that you're allowed to wear a belt to hold up your ihram because the restriction is to wear anything which is in the shape of your body. So because your upper garment, like this jubba, is in the shape of the body, you're not allowed to wear it. The vest is in the shape of the body, you're not allowed to wear it. The trousers are in the shape of the body, you're not allowed to wear it. The underwear is shape of the body, you're not allowed to wear it. But the harness and the belt are not in the shape of the body, so that will be allowed. So you can uh, carry the child on a harness and there would be no penalty and it is totally allowed because it is not in the shape of the body and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make your trip easy and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, accept from you and your family your umrah uh, we will hope that you will be making dua for all, all of us here at the studio at Islam channel and all of the ummah wherever people are suffering. We are uh, running out of time so I won't be able to uh, unfortunately take the other questions. To finish off, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless everyone who's viewing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you comfort, peace, contentment in your homes and whoever is ill may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give quick and complete shifa to all those who are ill and if you are in any difficulty financially or any other difficulties may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove all your difficulties may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove difficulties from the ummah assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ